Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport in association with Lacker. Bicycle insurance powered by the community. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling. I'm Graham Wilgos. Joining me, as ever, former hour record holder, Sir Bradley Wiggins. That's right. And it's a warm welcome back, I'm very happy to say, to Adam Blythe. How are you doing? Uh, good to have you back, Adam. Brad, when last we spoke, you were threatening at the end of last week to go out and throw a few tacks or maybe streak no, in... Uh, I was only in... messing around. When I, <laughs> I knew it would make headlines, so... Um, but it, you didn't go to Mexico in the end, to Aguascalientes. Uh, instead, you went to Porto. So, I did. Yeah. I took my 14-year-old lad to the Porto away leg Champions League. It was fantastic. I had a good sing-song on the, on the, on the terraces. Come back a bit hoarse? Uh, a little bit, yeah. But it was brilliant. Great night. Great, you know, those classic European away leg, you know, what Liverpool kind of renowned for, you know, those, over the years, the history and that. So it was brilliant. Didn't get recognised? Uh, a couple of little... Most people are off their heads, so... You know. <laughs> <laughs> They're just tripping, man. Is that Bradley Wiggins? <laughs> they weren't Northern Lewis Gausses, but... <laughs> um, Adam, last time we saw you, you had some, some lovely news for us. Proud father of... Of, of six girls. young children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got even more now. Um, Three live in Germany. Oh, no, no. You've, you've since been back racing as well, so you're the father of brand new twins. Yeah, I wouldn't really call it racing. I've just been taking part, really. I've just been nailed. So <laughs> quick turnaround in my programme. I had to do all the classics as well. So I've just been, um, yeah, on the back foot, most of them classics, which has been a shame. But yeah, it's life, in it? Got to move on from it. How's it been? How, how difficult has it been? Hardcore, real hardcore. I think with one, you know what it's like with one, you sort of... You can share it with your missus a bit, doing the feeds and stuff. But with two, it's just relentless and you just got to get on with it. There's no hiding away from it, really. Yeah, I thought you were going to tell us about the racing there with one. So, like, your first race back, you've oh, been able to get through racing? it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the easy stuff, the racing. Oh, that's no, the easy stuff, it was, right. um, it was all right. It's just racing these days, there's no hiding. Like, that Gent Wevelgen was just ridiculous. You know, normally I'm quite good in the wind, but there it was just full on, full on, full on from the start. And it was just, yeah, racing these days. You watch it on telly, it doesn't do it justice how hard it is these days. And does one just meld into another now with the classic season for you if you're, if you're lacking sleep as well? Uh, a little bit. It's weird when you go to Belgium. You'll know what it's like. When you go to Belgium, you do this weird block and it's like you spend 10 days, two weeks at a time. But it's like the worst place in the world. Not because it's a bad place, just because it's, it takes so long. You sort of race, you go so hard in a race, then you have like two days off, race again. It just feels like you're there for an eternity eating the same food, same bed, same people. It's like a training camp almost, but it's... It's yeah, really if, hard to stay on if it. If you're not finishing the races, oh, you, you've got to go out and do a four or five hour ride yeah. at some point. Whereas if you're finishing the races and you're in your front, you're getting all the workout that you need done so you can just rest up for the next one. It's like going into a boxing match each time. But if you've only crashed or and you've done 100k, you've got to then go out while everyone else is having a rest day and do ride up the canal for 100k. Oh, it's a nightmare, yeah. 
So yeah, a summer. So yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 nicely summed up for us. <laughs> it's been an exciting week though for your team, for Lotto Sudal. Um, Victor Campanarts, of course, we talked about it a lot on the pod to this point. Um, he finally went out and had a crack at Brad's hour record, and he did so successfully, uh, 563 meters further than Brad's mark in the end in Aguas Calientes in Mexico. Brad, your mark was 54.526 to be precise. The new marker, 55.089. It was an almighty ride. Sum it up for us. Uh, I didn't see it. I um, obviously saw the final distance, but I said if he starts it, I think he'll get it. Mm. And he did. You know, he's, he's put his homework in. He went and studied the event. They've put, I mean, Adam will tell you that he had a guy called Kevin DeWitt behind him who I used to race with. He was the Belgium national team coach when Greg Van Avermaet won the Olympics. And they, they did their homework with this. And they went out to altitude. They did all the training they had to do. And they come away with the record. They, they fully deserve it. Well done, Victor. Your team really got behind it, didn't they, Adam? Yeah, I think once he started doing his homework, I think Kevin got on this year with the team. And I think once he sort of got on board and pushed the team through with it, they got behind him a lot. But I think originally they were kind of not against it, but he's employed to do bike races for the team. He's not employed to go and take a month off in Nambia and do this, that and the other and all this training he was doing. Which It's is a big commitment, isn't it? It's a it's big, massive, it's a massive yeah. commitment. And they got, they got the rewards from it, you know? So. Yeah. I think it's definitely good for the team now, but originally when I think he brought the idea forward, they weren't really all up for it. But now, obviously, it's he's got the record and it's good publicity for the team, which obviously cycling's all about. In just over 55k, that was what you thought was possible for you when you did it in London in 2015, right? I think someone had calculated it. Had it been 30 millibars lower, I would have gone 55.7 yeah. or something around that region, but... But you put so you put out 440 watts for the hour, right? 50, I believe. 450 watts. Yeah. <laughs> Last time you were here, you gave us a holy moly for that. Yeah, exactly. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, so Victor, but I think Victor is a lot smaller. I think he would have been just under 400 watts. Yeah, he, I, was, he I, was lower than he's, that. He's so aerodynamic. He was 330 yeah. apparently. I heard from a team he was like 360 because I know Dowsett when he did his, he was like 340, 350, I think as well. So I think it is, yeah, he's a tiny bloke and obviously put altitude as well, the air center, obviously. He's, he's so. just a yeah, far more efficient missile that he yeah. can go through. He can but that's through still the air. quite a lot of watts for him and his size. Yeah. You know? So I've looked back this week, because I interviewed you, Brad, just before you had a crack at it. And you were saying that, so the quote that stood out for me was, the last, because you broke it down into five lots of 12? 12, yeah. 12 minutes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you were saying that that last 12 minutes, that's the real thriller in Manila stuff. Was what you told me. You just, that just you, happens. You know that's right? coming. You don't want to go there. You don't. Want to, you, you don't ever go there in training because you can't replicate that. And when you get there, you've got no alternative but to go through it and finish it. Because he went out hot. He rode about sixteen point two seconds per two hundred and fifty yeah. meter lap. Right. Then he drifted out to sixteen point three. Then he drifted out, and he. You could see in his form, he was getting a little bit wobbly towards the end. So you felt, well, I felt like it was a similar thing in that. Look, you don't need to worry about that last block. That is just going to happen. I'd be interested to know what he went out on what he was what they were planning and what he actually finished with yeah i, I thought he might have um gone further than roaming as 55 two i reckon they're on for 16 two laps constant yeah because it's that balance between we're going to break the record by 500 meters or should we push the envelope out a bit more and try and beat Rommingers and blow our doors you know you've got to play it safe at some point and you can only make that decision when you're out there. It's good for the sport, though, right? Good for the hour record. Brilliant. Good, that, good that people can start asking you about it now because you're not the, no, the hour record holder like anymore. Indrain, like all these guys that have got it, had it before. You're on that list with Onkatil and all these people. And, you know, it has to move on. Records are there to be broken. And I, I hope someone has the balls to get up and have a go themselves now. Who do we think could do it? G could do it tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. With his track craft. I think... Tom Dumoulin at some point in the future, whether they got the time to invest the time that Victor invested in it in order yeah. to maybe fail. And there's no real rewards for the hour, is there? There's no, 
you don't get a pay rise. You don't get anything for it, do yeah, you? You get a Tissot watch from the UCI, don't you, if you do you it? You get nothing. It's like getting a knighthood. You get yeah. sod all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, so you quite enjoyed talking about it at the time as, oh, I'm unemployed now, so I can go and do what I like. Whereas, obviously, Victor's got his, his responsibility to the team, and you can understand that your team, Adam, not being so happy with him, perhaps yeah. taking an awful lot of his, of his winter instead of resting and then preparing for the, the, the road season ahead. Yeah, I think with Brad, though, he was in his, like, he was in his own team. You owned it, did yeah, what you wanted in it, and he was retiring straight after it. So for him, it was just I like... I wasn't. Were you not? No, well, no, I went and did the track for the Olympics, didn't I? Oh, yeah, sorry, mate. So after that... You it was, it was a the time filler between yeah. stopping with Sky and the Olympics. Yeah. So after that, I think for him, though, he's got all this good form at the moment where he can push through. He can really get good results now on the road. I know he's doing well, yeah. Romandy as well, mm. so he's got to take what he's got. Predominantly threshold training. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins the time trial, Romandy. Yeah, he probably will. Oh, he won it at... Uh, he's won it at... Serena, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, you honestly get nothing for getting a knighthood. Just get the knighthood. No. You say, no, that's it, nothing. is it? Right. Just get berated. Nothing at all. No, what, what, what do you well, think you get? Well, I there know, is some you... ancient law that I can leave my sheep in someone's garden. <laughs> they can't do anything about it. Um, changing the record elsewhere then, uh, it's the last week that Team Sky will be known as such before they become Team Ineos. They will officially do so from the tour of, of Romandy. Change at Sky also, their performance director Rod Ellingworth uh, has announced that he'll part company with the team from the end of this coming season. So he's off to Bahrain Merida, yeah. presumably to take on a, a similar role, although Sky have been quite uh, tight-lipped about what will become of, uh, of, of Rod Ellingworth there. Um, as has he. What do we think, chaps? I mean, it's he's been a part of the team since 2010, since its inception. Yeah, it's a huge team, change. But British Cycling, before that, you were in the academy with him, weren't you? Yeah, we kicked you off the well, academy, yeah. didn't he, for farting <laughs> in an Italian lesson. We got along real well, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's been part of the fabric there, really, for so many years. And I think the main thing with Rod is that he's grown up with all the lads. Yes, if there's one, like, G can turn around to Rod, say whatever he wants, most of them know Rod pretty well enough to have a a normal conversation with yes. him rather than just off the bike where I think a lot of people struggle in cycling to go up to a performance director and have a normal general conversation yeah. so I think that really helps the lads but what would be interesting for me now if he is leaving because it's going to change hands to the Ineos when he's going to leave and you know what Sky's like if he is leaving I'm sure they're not going to want him doing anything in the team so he's not knowing you know what G's doing what training he's doing this that and the other yeah, now I think he's been there so long that he'll know anyway yeah. um, and he might have his own ideas where he wants to now not just do what he's told to do, you know, he might want to branch out a bit and try and a new, new challenge. Good, yeah. you know? He's been there for a long, long time and he's brought that whole generation of riders through, including yourself and Ian Stannard, Ben Swift, Geraint, Mark Cavendish. He's brought some bloody good bike riders through, yeah, you know, has, and they've yeah. all been very successful. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's probably time for a new challenge, you know. Well, that's, I think that seems be, to be it, doesn't it? It's a, sorry. Um, yeah, I think it'll be good, you know, because I think Rod's really traditional in his ways that he saw like cycling, the old school part of cycling where not many things change. You can still see it now in a lot of teams where it's so much tradition. You have to do this training, you go on the training camp, blah, blah, blah. Where Rod brought this whole new mentality in from the track, I thought, which was yeah. kind of new school. And I think if he implements that into Bahrain, that'll start to change the way the sort of Italians think there and their mindset into how it all works rather than just that tradition. Yeah. No, oh, you need to be skinny, you need to do this, you need to do that, which is all the obvious stuff. But if you're in that team, you don't realise how brutal it is being in that traditional setup. So I think if Rod can bring that across to Bahrain, then they'll move up quickly, I think. The track as your sort of road into to road cycling. That's the way yeah, you're going to do it. That's where you're going to build up. No, not doing that as such, but just the the professionalness of it. I think back in the day, you know, tradition is very much just go out on your bike for as long as you can. And, you know, you grew up in confidence and all that stuff, and it was never really as advanced as it is now. It's terrible. 
the British terrible, and yeah. I think Whereas brought that on they and they did, brought yeah. that into Sky. They changed the game, didn't they? Yeah, massively, yeah. yeah. So do we feel like Team Sky are weakened by his departure or are they at a stage now where Brailsford has set up such a system that it, it really doesn't matter who comes in and who goes out? I would say they're weakened because sometimes you can make changes and, and get even better. You know, it's, it's very easy to stick with the same setup you've had for so many years and it happens in football clubs all the time. New managers come in. Last year at Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp's number two was, you know, kind of touted as, as the brains behind the whole thing left so things change new people come in and he's been there for so long you know there's no guarantees that it won't get better with it with a new person and I'm sure they've headhunted someone to, to replace yeah, it for a while I don't think for us or the general public they won't see anything change I think it's behind the scenes I think Rod's job in Sky was always behind the scenes he was yeah. never in the spotlight and I think for someone in the team for that long they need to find someone similar who can do that and they trust to do that as well as Rod and I think you'll, we won't see any of it, but I think that'll be the hard part for the team. On the track then, briefly, uh, Patrick Serku, the six-day legend, passed away earlier this week at the age of 74. He won Ghent six-day 11 times. He also won 13 stages of the Giro, six at the Tour. Brad, you've got a, a certain fondness for Patrick, perhaps, and for Ghent. Yeah, he rode my father and he gave me my first chance to ride against six-day when I was 19. And I'm forever grateful for that. He, he was an absolute gentleman probably the greatest and most aesthetically beautiful track rider there's ever been. Green jersey wearing the Tour de France, winner in the Tour de France, mm-hmm. um, best friends with Eddie Merckx. They're such an iconic duo and he'll be he'll be sadly missed. You know, he has had Parkinson's the last couple of years. He's had a, quite a rapid deterioration, but, you know, it'll be, like I say, he's kind of synonymous with Belgium cycling and it's, it's a sad day because he wasn't actually that old, 73, so, but he's very frail the last time I saw him and he'll be, he'll be missed. 19? You were when you did your first... Yeah, Who with? Uh, Rob Hales. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. hell. And then you did it with Gilmore after that, didn't you? Uh, Rob the second year, and then I went up through the ranks. Then, yeah. I heard the stories with Gilmore. He's riding everyone off your wheel. People asking you to slow down and stuff. Ilio told me these stories. Yeah, we were all willy-waving them days, you know, just trying <laughs> to yeah, show who was the strongest and flexing muscles. Uh, well, on that note, more to come on the Bradley Wiggins show right after this. <laughs> <laughs> In 2019, cycling fans across Europe will be able to watch over 30 UCI World Tour events live on Eurosport and Eurosport Player, available on the app and online via eurosport.co.uk. Eurosport Player also allows viewers to catch up and relive all the action on demand. Eurosport will bring fans unrivaled expertise and analysis from all the best moments of the 2019 season. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport in association with Lacquer. Chaps, plenty to reflect on uh, this week in terms of action on the road. Let's start with the Amstel Gold Race. Uh, where else have you ever seen a race like that in your life? Matthew van der Poel with the most extraordinary victory, chasing back on after it looked like, well, for all the world, he didn't have a chance chasing back onto Julian Alaphilippe and Jakob Fulsang, uh, who had got away out front. It looked like it was going to be a straight shootout between the two for the win. And he somehow managed to find the strength of reserve, having chased back on to then almost lead out, act as his own lead out, let out the guys behind him, then left them behind, jumped across after Kiatkowski had, had sort of leapt ahead of him as well, took them all on for the win. And he's just this monster who sort of drove himself across the line. There's absolutely no stopping him. I mean, he's just impressed us every week the last couple of weeks. And I think the other riders should be thankful we didn't ride Paris-Roubaix because I'm sure he'd have been up there for that as well. He is the hottest property in cycling at the moment, other than Alaphilippe. 
I would say he's, he's a bigger potential. It's weird to call him a potential because he's already winning these big races because you just still don't consider him. You consider his potential is massive. The weird thing is with him, I find, is that you watch that sprint today and he's like he's, he's growing up on the track as well. He's like he's laying off. He knows he's got that sprint in yeah. hand, and he's just yeah. sitting fifty meters behind him. He doesn't. He can close that gap like that if he wants to, but he's just waiting. And for me, that's impressive. Someone comes from cyclocross, never done the track, and he's already got that craft about him, which I think so many people. You're either really, I find, you're really strong on a bike and not much sense, or you're really clever and haven't got much of an engine. And to have both, there's not many people in cycling that have got it, and he's got it, and you can see from the results. It's scary to think what he might actually achieve by the time he's Gilbert's age. Yeah, you know, I mean, or 22. <laughs> We've got, so young, isn't yeah. it? We've got the end of the, the race here. This is what it sounded like. Brand new ball goes! Brand new ball has launched his sprint! And a Philippe on the right! Brand new ball on the left! Can you believe it? Well, he doesn't believe it! That is the most extraordinary conclusion to a bike race I have ever seen. It's a first victory for the Netherlands since 2001. They're going to go absolutely mental. It's victory and absolute goal for Matthew van der Poel. Here's a question for you then, chaps. If you're Dave Brailsford and you can sign one of Matthew van der Poel or Julian Alaphilippe, in this hypothetical, you can't, with Sky's infinite resources, sign both. You have to pick one. Who do you pick? If you're Dave Brailsford, you get your money bag out and take both of them. <laughs> but you can't do that in this hypothetical. You have Dave to pick can do what one. he likes because he's Dave and he can walk on water. <laughs> this is the man who put his hand down the toilet and pulled out chocolate. If you can pick one first, who do you pick? I would I would pick Matthew van der Poel. Yeah. And that that's no slouch on Alaphilippe. He's just he's phenomenal as well, but I think he could win a grand tour one day. Oh, he could win it. It feels like he could win it tomorrow. I mean, Alaphilippe has set the peloton on fire coming out early this season and it just feels like van der Poel has totally come in and stolen his thunder, every inch of it. We saw them go toe to toe at Brabantse Pale in the week. And Can you say that again in English. Brabantse Pale. <laughs> Brabantse Pale. <laughs> <Is that it>? <laughs> <laughs> Bravancha Pale. Bravancha Pale. You're going to have to give it a crack now. So you, your radio voice don't work for that, does it? No, no, it doesn't. It, it's, it's not, I'll practice afterwards. Uh, he's he's been a monster. He's been he's been an absolute phenomenon, rarely seen before, right? Yeah, I I just think he's better at sprinting than Alaphilippe. That's all it is. He can climb. I don't think he'll be able to do the long climbs as well as Alaphilippe. But everything else, he's better than him at short climbs, faster climbs. He's better than him than Alaphilippe. So the races that he's done so far, I've just favoured him more than Alaphilippe sort of style I'd say it's sort of a little bit sad to think that they both may end up at Ineos uh, Sky Ineos yeah, yeah. because you can still call them Sky it, today it's like a bit like Man City isn't it in football you know they just have got the best that, like it's nice having this spread of riders it's like you, know? you and through me it's like having you two together wasn't yeah, it? Well, in a way yeah but I mean, it, yeah, and and you know, it's kind of like great seeing him win from another team. Kwiatkowski was like, imagine if they're all in the same team. Yeah, it'd be just, boring, wouldn't they? Just dominate um, everything. They'd do it like the Skyway, you know. They'd take it, it on yeah. and just they'd do what they had to do. They wouldn't race to animate the race. They'd just race as a procedure to get that result. I think. But, I think the good thing with these two, Alaphilippe and him, is they're real. They're entertaining to watch, yeah, yeah. and their personalities, which I think the sport these they need these people. You know, they really do, and it's brilliant to see. I mean, it's it's anything but boring, particularly the way Van der Poel's doing it. Because normal sort of racing tactics just don't seem to apply to him because he just sort of goes when he wants. You, you saw him with sort of 50k to go and he was attacking uh, and then he, they sort of reeled him back in. So I thought he was done for the day there. But normal rules just don't apply. It looks like he's having fun doing it as well, yeah. doesn't he? It's mental. I just cocks like that. You know, yeah. They just look like they're having so much fun doing it. And I don't know if that's because of their bike handling skills and wheeling and all this. It's like the juniors being a pro race. It's just like doing what they want when they want and doing it with ease. 
And I think, like I said before, you don't realise how hard these races are when you watch it on telly. They are going full gas all day and he's just jumping around like yeah. no one's business. Yeah, it's for mental. It's like when he did Flanders. He went up when he was chasing on 40 seconds quicker than the peloton. It's just mental. To, yeah. You don't see it on TV how fast or hard he's going. But to do that, he's got to average like 500 watts for five minutes. And he's world cyclocross champion as well. We've sort of... Well, this is it. Do we think everyone's going to go and have a bit of cyclocross and, uh, in the off-season? Someone said the other day now. he's going to do the mountain bike at the next Olympics, well, is he's, he's European cross champ. World cross champ, Dutch champ, European mountain bike champ, Dutch road champ, all in the same year. Yeah, yeah. The only thing he's not is world road champ, which he can be at the uh, end of the yeah. year as well. Yeah. Mental. So a spectacular end to the men's race. The women's race had a bit of everything too. Uh, Mitchell and Scott riding hard for Annemiek van Vluten. Uh, we knew they were going to make it tough today. Fireworks in the end. Her attack was huge as she chased down Katarzyna Nivia Doma in the final two kilometres, but just ran out of road in the end with the Polish rider taking uh, the line ahead of Van Vluten. Uh, with Mariana Voss, uh, CCC Liv, of course, coming in third. Um, we should also mention Mariana Voss's uh, CCC teammate, Ashley Mormon Passio, who spoke to us a couple of weeks ago on the show. She crashed um, in uh, what looked like a touch of wheels in the sprint for the minor places, but was able to pick herself up and wheel her bike across the line. Um, but it was the attack from Van Vluten that really sticks in the mind today. Uh, and I'm delighted to say that she joins us on the line now. Annemiek, hello. Hi. So, Annemiek, thank you again for taking the time to speak to us. Second, uh, again, in well, it wasn't quite a sprint today. It was an almighty effort from you with the attack. And it, it was yeah. sort of agonisingly close in the end because it almost seemed like you were going to get there and then you just sort of ran out of road. Um, talk us through it. Yeah, running out of road. Um, and Casino Doma, like, she played a bit of poker, I think, uh, which she did really well because she was uh, the isolated rider in the group. Mm. And uh, maybe I, um, I, together with my teammates, Amanda Spratt, and actually with the whole team, we want to make the race super hard. So that's what he did. And um, so I burned already some matches. Uh, I'm not mm. sure if I can say that uh, in uh, burned some energy or how do you say in English, proper English. But um, yeah, she was super strong. And then um, I know it's for me it's better if it's a long, a bit longer climb, but it's still very explosive. And Kazanir Doma showed that she has the most explosiveness still in her legs uh, at the finish line. Yes, because that's become a bit of a hallmark for you, isn't it? The, the sort of the explosive finish and, and just kind of shaking everyone off when it when it comes to the final shakeup. Um, but you, you were almost. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I had a, a La Course um, refreshment of my memory how it felt in La Course yes. <laughs> to race like that. So, uh, yeah, I had um, I was thinking about that when I was on the last two kilometers after the stop of the Cowboy. But it was a, it was a great race to watch um, live on television, of course, today. Uh, you've, you've said since uh, you crossed the line that you were very proud um, that it was on TV today. Why was that? I'm not proud. That wasn't television, but just proud the race uh, we raced with the women's team and uh, with the with the women's peloton, and we had an exciting race. I was just happy that it was on television, and I think it's also proving um, the mistake of the organization of uh, Flash Wallon and uh, Lies Bastogne-Lies not to have live TV coverage for our race. So I think today we proved that we should be on television and that it is exciting to watch and that people are otherwise missing something and also a lot of people and audience want to watch our the women's race and I think it's just yeah it's nice that they organize it really good but uh, I think they also should uh, at least have a live stream and uh, that people can follow it and yeah 
that makes me very sad. That's for the next race, not. But shout out to Amstel Gold Race that they had a really awesome uh, stream and live TV coverage. Do you feel like the women's sport overall is moving forward? Um, and this is a two-parter, actually. And what still needs to happen? Um, yeah, live TV coverage <laughs> of every race. So that's uh, it's almost uh, like stepping up. But it's like ridiculous that for the next two World Tour races, there's no live TV coverage and. That's something that uh, needs to improve. Um, yeah, it would be also nice to have a next year uh, women's tour, uh, women's uh, Paris Roubaix for uh, for women. It would be uh, epic to have all the uh, races of the guys also uh, organized for us, and it's already like uh, improving. Also, um, Spain is uh, doing a great job um, with uh, the race in August. I've got the name in Basque Country, uh, San Sebastián are organizing that for us. So there's more and more races also organized for us. The TV people are already there. Um, and it's nice for us to um, yeah, to race there. So um, I think that's that's another uh, important step. Does that format work for you when you've got the men's race and the women's race on the same day? Or do you feel like, because obviously effectively you're giving, you're not only giving the crowd two, two races for the price of one, but you're also possibly attracting a, a larger crowd for, for both races. Yeah, I think the Amsterdam Gold Race is showing that how it can work and really add something to each other. I think they're, the organization of Amsterdam Gold Race is really happy with the women's race. Mm. And also felt today, when we had the team presentation, that uh, a lot of audience, like they're not only there for the men's, uh, for the men uh, that are racing there, there's also a lot of fans for the women's cycling specific. Yeah, no doubt. And... And also the we had, uh, the people watching on the Cowberg and on the on the side of the road to have like double entertainment because we also race there. So yeah, I think uh, this formula works super well, and I think it can be uh, like a role model for uh, hopefully for for other races how we uh, we can add something. Do you feel like the women's peloton should be holding more of your own standalone races though? I think uh, women's tour specifically, yeah, the, uh, the women's tour in, in the UK, there is an awesome race uh, standalone. Mm. Um, I think they're also doing a, a great job. There's a lot of spectators. So that it's not that we have to copy uh, the the men's races. I think just it's really nice to have the monuments uh, organized for women. Mm. Um, so because you, you have it, it's a tour of Flanders and uh, it's, you don't need to explain what kind of race you're racing. Uh, also not in Liège and all those races. But it's also good to have some standalone. Yeah, I think especially women's tours, for that uh, really good role model, they um, they organize an awesome race, live TV coverage, and a lot of spectators and people that come specifically for women's cycling. So, yeah, it doesn't need to be all the time on the same day. Sure. So on the rest of this season then, so the, am I right in saying that the Ardennes Classics for you are your, your big spring goal obviously you, you won Strada Bianchi yeah. um, and, and now the focus for you is on the Ardennes and it must have been uh, it must have been a real pleasure to be back in Holland today as well and, and uh, sort of really feeling at home yeah with the crowds like it was crazy it, uh, I really enjoyed it I also took some time to enjoy all all the people were out there so many fans and uh, yeah women's cycling is getting bigger and bigger uh, also in the Netherlands and yeah, was uh, actually exciting in general. Also, with Mathieu from the pool winning today, so um, oh, it was yeah, all, we're, we're you almost did a, today. almost did the double. What's uh, what's your take on Mathieu van der Poel? Because he was, I mean, we were watching the race and we were just in awe. Yeah, I watched the, the final and I was unbelievable that he's first closing the gap and then winning the sprint from that group. I, yeah, it's a unbelievable, uh, <laughs> unbelievable athlete and. Uh, what I admire the most of him is that he also shows that he's just having fun on the bike and 
uh, enjoying not so much stress yet and just an uh, exceptional talent. And uh, that's that's very cool to watch and also very good for uh, for cycling in the Netherlands. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Instant superstar, really. Um, more to come from him, uh, obviously, for the rest of the season. But what are your goals for the rest of the season? I mean, presumably, uh, we're talking about the Giro Rosso here uh, as, as the, the standout one. Yeah, after the Ardennes, I will start to prepare for uh, the Giro Rosa, and uh, we have a. I think we are. Uh, they have a unique feature for uh, for the winners. It's the first time uh, there's a finish on the top of the Gavia, and yeah. uh, so it's uh, up to the the girls to do that for the first time. <laughs> so uh, we will. Uh, the, the guys will go over it, and we have finished on top. Uh, but it's, it's yeah, it's a super hard edition uh, this year. So. Yeah, I uh, I need my climbing legs there, and uh, there will be longer climbs than the Cowberg, so uh, that will suit me a bit better, maybe mm. even a bit more. Uh, and then after, yeah, World Championships, uh, I really would love to have the third world title on the time trial. I think uh, no one achieved that uh, before, and for sure, also the road race. It's it's not as hard, unfortunately, as last year, but uh, still big goal. Not as hard, unfortunately. Um, who are going to be your biggest challenges as you see it? Um, yeah, I think Ashley Mormon today showed how in great shape she already is. And also the winner of today, Kasia Nivirdome, if you look at her, she's obviously a climber and developing herself. Cecile Utrup, uh, the number third of the Tour Flanders, yeah. uh, she's climbing better and better. And it's also a young, promising rider. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, myself and uh, Amanda Spratt, uh are doing also stepping up every year and uh, make small steps. So, yeah, it's it's exciting that oh yeah, Lisa Longoborghini from uh, Trek uh, Segafredo. It's uh, also cool to have that team now. Also have a women's team, which is also a very good development actually. Because you asked me about developments that some teams, World Tour teams of the men, say like, hey, we want to have a. Uh, a winners team also because we think it's cool and we we, we want that so uh, I really also really like this and uh, this development but yeah I think there are a lot of names uh, for the Giro uh, and the Italians yeah they uh, they will be focused on the Giro One more important question for you Annemiek can you tell the Yates twins apart you both being on uh, on Mitchell and Scott and hiding behind those huge yeah, glasses actually, as well um, I was uh, having I had some problems with that, uh, but then I found out they wear different shoes, which was helping. <laughs> and, but at the dinner table, it's still hard to uh, see. But uh, finally, uh, yeah, I, I managed to see some difference in, in their faces. So, um, yeah, but it took me some time. And maybe also as a person, I have the feeling they're both slightly different. So um, Simon was a bit more toxic and a bit more chatty. And Adam is a bit more quiet, I had a feeling, but maybe it's also something that had to do that Adam has now also some uh, really good results this year. So maybe maybe it's also helping him to speak yeah. a bit more. And uh, yeah, I think they're both amazing uh, athletes. I really enjoy them to be together with them on the training camp. One more question for you, Annemiek. Uh, you have a question for Brad, in fact, don't you? Yeah, I have. Um, I really would like to know... Uh, how we watched the world hour record attempt of uh, Victor Campanats, and if he was there was one moment that he regretted that he didn't do it in Mexico because then the chance that he would have still been record holder would have been yeah bigger I think I actually have two questions and like maybe I was also wondering if there was one split second that he was uh, thinking about doing it again to get the record back and go to Acas Calientes for example. But um, I was just curious if it like came across his mind for one second, maybe, because I was wondering like if you suffered 
so hard in World Hour Records. If you ever think about doing it again, or or he will always think like, no, it's a one time and that's that's it for sure. Never, never, never want to do such a hour long epic <laughs> suffering uh, again. You're listening to the Bradley Wiggins Show from Eurosport. Back to the hour record there then, Brad. This is a question we didn't ask you earlier, um, so we're very happy that Anamique did. So she said, do you have any regrets that you didn't attempt your record at altitude, is the first part, and then we'll come to the second. Um, no, I would like to have done purely for the performance and put the record out of sight, but I wanted to do it in London because that's where I started cycling on the Eastway circuit, mm. and I wanted to have packed velodrome, and it was going to be on TV, and it was more of a more of a commercial thing for the public to come and view and and sell out the stadium, and it's the People's Hour record, and and take the chance on the weather conditions, and that it's it's a slower track than Manchester, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I was probably in a, a privileged position that I wouldn't say I only had to be Alex's record, but I was confident I could go further than his fifty-two nine mm. that he'd done. So I had a bit of sliding space, but had it been at 55 like it is now, I probably would have had to no choice but to go to altitude. Part two, since seeing Victor take your record, has the, even for a split second, has the idea come to you that... Of course, yeah. Oh, it had, came to me yesterday when I was on my bike. Yeah. I started, you know, but you got to let it go. What do you think you could do now if you went in If you went in tomorrow? <laughs> got to let it go, man. If you, if you flew to Ag- Aguas Calientes tomorrow and had a crack at it at altitude, what do you no, think you could do? No. I, I, I wouldn't. No, no, come on. <laughs> Oh, it's like putting Lennox Lewis in the ring with AJ, you know. All right, if you were in your form when you did it, what do you think you could have done? Well, I, I reckon if I'd have done it in 2012, when I did the London Olympics time trial, that was my best performance on a bike ever. Yeah. I had 50 minutes, 30-odd seconds, and I averaged 469 watts for 50 minutes. Oh. I was slimmer. If I'd had that form and transferred it to the track, I reckon I could have, on the right conditions, sub-1,000 millibars, like Chris Boardman had in 96, I could have equaled Chris's record or gone slightly further. So 56-3, did he do? Yeah, close enough. If they, what about if they... So and if, I could have done that at sea level in the, back then at, at Manchester on the right day with thunderclouds and all that sort of stuff. Bloody hell. Sorry. Yeah. No, Sorry. That's, all, that's all right. No, we, we can no that's not out. me being <laughs> big-headed or, or flashing my ego or willy-waving. But that is just a cold-hearted fact. <laughs> Uh, and and if they if they put out some serious prize money for you to go back, no, no. it's like Mayweather, isn't it? <laughs> Going to come back and fight Pacquiao for three hundred million. Yeah, no, I just you just I'll just embarrass myself. It's over. Let it go. It's got to let it go. You know, I've been through extensive therapy and rehab to let go of <laughs> to that get to this point and let go of this perception, and that person is now dead. All right, we'll, we won't bother you about it anymore. You'll never live the king. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Well, you don't have to answer questions about it anymore. No. It's not. It's not you. It's, well, that's it. Let's get victory on the holder. Yeah, we tried. But they, don't, they, they should do like they do in boxing. They should call people out. Alex Dowsett, come on. <laughs> let's see what you've got now. Come on, MB. He's going to do it, though, isn't he? I think he, he should have a crack. He'll yeah. go back it's to it. It's hard to go back to it because yeah. the higher it gets... The harder it gets. You, the yeah. harder it gets. Yeah, he's get, he said he's already going to go and back And you either it. do it or you fail. Well, he's commentating on, on Twitter the other day, wasn't he, about Victor's. Yeah, I think Alex is capable of it. He's still a great athlete, you know. Yeah. It's just it's hard because now it's like you could get half an hour in and think, oh, f- I'm, I'm not going to do this now, you know. And that's <sighs> it's hard mentally to all that preparation. I, I was fortunate that the record was what it was. That I had enough. So I was like one and a half k's, two k's up on it. Yeah. So I, you know, I could. You had a bit of wiggle room. Yeah, which is nice mentally. It's yeah. something that is very challenging mentally, especially when, as you say, if you've woken up that day and the conditions are not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. 
That takes a, a load off. Yeah. Um, elsewhere this week, the tour of Turkey has been quietly playing out. A little sort of sprinter's mini drama, I suppose. It's it's not quite such a packed field as, for example, we saw today, obviously, or elsewhere for, for many of the races this season. Sam Bennett took the first two stages for Bora. Caleb win a stage. Ca- yeah, stages, yeah. He's, he's, he's taken two. I haven't caught up on the results of the Tour of Turkey this week. It's not been on my priority list. <laughs> Who is this? No, I don't know. I just keep saying. <laughs> Sorry, so keep it's, like having de- it's like having Dave Browson in the room. <laughs> No, it's not. Bros doesn't have anything like that. Do you know who always does this? Is Steve as well. Cummins always does it. Um, But no, uh, and it's been, like you say, Cav got up there as well, didn't he? Well, this is it. It's good to just see him back. Just quietly, he's made the podium on stage three. Sort of a glimpse of the old Cav, you know, so I hope that that's sign of more things to come well, it's, yeah encouraging to see so he said he's not been able to sprint like that for months and yet he he looked like he was keen today on the final stage he didn't look like he was like full gas sprinting when he got the podium on what stage what does that mean three. he's not been able to sprint like that for he's got a wooden leg or something exactly well he didn't he didn't explain it but so what, I'd say longer than months think? I'd say years he's not sprinted properly no, since he's a lot. long time he's had a few problems yeah. Annie, but I the think sport's getting faster and faster and he's, he's getting, getting older, older and older, older. Yeah. Yeah. And he's had illness, and it, it does take time to come back. Massively, yeah. I think the good thing was is he took it on. Yeah. He started sprinting himself rather than just follow, 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 follow. It looked like Cav. It was just good to see him there, yeah. you know, that yeah. little head bobbing and weaving. And... <laughs> no, it was... It was... Is it, so your mate Caleb has obviously done... He, he looks like he's, he's really coming into form now as well. Yeah, I say I spoke to him the other day, and he was a bit worried about Turkey. He was worried about getting a kick, and he didn't think he, he was going Giro? so good. Yeah. yeah, first 11 days are all just pan flat, aren't they? So yeah. he's... I think I it's like Sprinters World Champs. <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> I haven't got my route book for in the post yet. So, yeah, he's doing that, but I'd say... I've been studying uh, the Tour of Turkey for the last week. So. <laughs> On Cav, though, so Andre Greipel said a couple of weeks ago after Scheldepreis, he said... Scheldepreis. Scheldepreis. He, he said, maybe I've become too old. Could that be right? Who said so, that? Andre Greipel, when he was asked about why he's not getting the results that he was getting. So he's 36 now. So he's, he's sort of quite open and honest. He sort of said, look, I'm looking for reasons why it doesn't work anymore. I need a click and it won't. It just won't come. So it happens, though. It he, happens he, to everyone. For him, it's in his. He feels like it's in his head because he's got the. He's got the condition. He says, when I sprint in in training, it feels exactly the same. But yeah. I'm not able to do it in the race. But it's a different ch- change of scenery for him, different team, all that kind of stuff. You know, there's so many things that might go against you. And if say in Lotto, we had that extra pressure of always having that big lead out there, and in the team he's in now, who's he right for now? RKS Samsic, the, the one, Pro yeah. Continental. Yeah. So it's a good team, but he just doesn't have that big train there with him. You know, he hasn't got the pressure it's anymore. Not being looked of, after. But it's not that he's not being looked after, but he hasn't got like the whole team on the front constantly riding for him. He's got other teams riding, and then at the end they say, oh, "Andre, it's for you today." And yeah. he might be, "Oh God, I'm he, not... he doesn't." I remember at High Road when I was with him. He he doesn't like the jostling and that. He oh, likes, he he likes, it. Yeah, he yeah, likes yeah. clean, straight, straight yeah. run at things. Yeah. He's the same a lot of when Caleb came and they were talking about how Andre liked it and everything, and he just literally had to have it in a straight line, flat out, so no one could come past him. And as soon as anyone came past him. It was like he's a panic, he's just scared. So maybe, you know, I was there and got that big train anymore. It's just him trying to find position and he's struggling to do it. And the more times he loses, he's losing in his head. Listeners, it's time to tell you a bit more about our sponsor, Lacquer. Lacquer is a smarter way of insuring your bike and your gear. It's a community of cyclists joining together to save each other money. Lacquer covers all the basics like theft and accidental loss and damage, both at home and abroad. It'll also cover you in sportives and competition races so long as you're not riding in the pro peloton. How does Lacquer work, you ask? Well, instead of charging you a fixed premium, with Lacquer you only pay a small share of the community's claims cost 
and your share is proportionate to how much you insure. Lacquer locks in a maximum price cap to make sure there are no nasty surprises, even in months with lots of claims amongst the community. And when there are no claims that month, you could even pay nothing at all. Rest assured claims are accepted fast, usually within 24 hours. On average, Lacquer's members have saved 61% on bike insurance, so why don't you investigate the benefits for yourself? Find out more at lacquer.co.uk and enter the promo code WIGGINS to get £10 off. That's laka.co.uk and the promo code W-I-G-G-I-N-S. Looking ahead, Giro d'Italia less than a month away. Adam, Brad gave us his Grand Tour picks for this year last week. I'm going to ask you for the same thing. Just to refresh everyone's memory, Brad's picks are for the Giro, Simon Yates, for the Tour, Chris Froome, and for the Vuelta, Geraint Thomas. What I'm going to ask you is to give me your winner for each one, plus a dark horse. Bernal, G, Froome, in that order for the Tours. All right, so we think it's not going to work out for for Froome at the Tour, and he's going to redeem himself at the Vuelta. No, I don't think so. That's a team insidious, clean sweep. Yeah, that is, yeah, Mm. massively, yeah. It's huge. Uh, That's a big statement, Adam. Dark horses? Dark horse is... Full slang. Jack of full slang, yeah. yeah. Third, I reckon he'll get up there in the Giro. Dark horse, I don't really know. There's so many people that can go well in the tour, but there's also so many people. What's the guy called from Movistar? Spanish guy, used to drive for Sky. Ooh, Lander. That narrows it down. Lander. 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 <laughs> oh, Lander, yeah. Lander. Dark yeah. horse oh, for yeah. the tour. And for Vuelta. That's a proper dark horse. I like that. It's mm. good. I don't really know who else for the Vuelta. Contador. A lot of the Vuelta depends on who's come out of the tour, etc., etc. Who it hasn't worked yeah. out for, yeah. 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 Thing is, not gone well in the um, Vuelta for a while. Uh, what's his name? Quintana. Yeah. So he might be a little dark horse. We'll just go Sky Movistar yeah. throughout this whole thing and one Astana. That's exactly what Sean Kelly said. Was it? Yeah. Well, Simon even. What? Simon could yeah. do a double grand tour this year. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we've had a few entries. Brad, you put it on your uh, your social media. So Eric on Twitter says uh, he thinks... This... Eric69. <laughs> <laughs> Is that his Twitter handle, at Eric? Well, at Ivor Hardy from Cardiff. <laughs> it wasn't, but we're giving him the benefit of anonymity now. Um, so he thinks that he thinks uh, when a bit Eric like you, eats the banana. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? that was great. A banana man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he thinks Superman Lopez actually is on for the Vuelta um, or, or Nairo. Uh, he thinks Dumoulin for the Giro. He thinks Freemy for the Tour. Uh, so you're in agreement there, Brad. Gareth uh, thinks is Simon Yates. At Gareth. He thinks Simon Yates will do a Giro Vuelta double. Are these real people? Well, okay. <laughs> Gareth. According to, according to producer Matt, they Michael. are. Michael. Yes. Janet. On, come on Janet down. in Wigan okay. says... Uh, and it's like the X Factor in here. Who are you doing this? I'm just, it's, yeah. it's just coming for coming impressions around every week now. It's because Adam's here. I'm not normally yeah, well, no, no, because it was a lot more straight laced when he was in at the beginning of, the, of this of this run. Ten years. Every time I see him taking the <laughs> out of people, so it now translating onto the podcast. Uh, so one more, Liam. Liam. <laughs> we have a woman. There's got to be a lady. That's... Uh, Jenny. Janet in St Helens. <laughs> Uh, she thinks that Warrington are going to win the Super League. Liam thinks that we can't write off Primoz Roglic. True story. Yeah, 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 yeah. real words. <laughs> um, but he's he's uh, a man that we, we often sort of glaze over, Roglic. He's um, another man, actually, for the hour at some point in the future. Yeah, I think he's, he's proper time trial specialist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think now who could do that hour record. There's a lot of people. Rowan's done it already, hasn't he? Rowan could do it again one day. I think Geraint. It's made for Geraint. Geraint in tour form last year. He, he knows how to ride the track as well, as well, doesn't he? Clancy, maybe, if he did a lot, a lot Stephen more. Stephen Burke. Burke, yeah. Well, Adam, if you think of any more, 
get an anonymous social media account and then, you know, tweet Brad it. or tweet what us. for tour winners or for our for, record? For, for both. Okay. Yeah, for both. Um, well, that's about it for this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. Thanks to our sponsor, Lacquer Bicycle Insurance. Yeah, powered, cheers, Lacquer. Powered by <laughs> the community. Uh, <laughs> we will be back on Monday. Competition the time. <laughs> do you want to win one month's free insurance? <laughs> if you do. Then answer this simple question. <laughs> we don't know what, because they'll come back with more offers for us. So we'll be back on Monday, the 13th of May, when the Giro d'Italia will be well and truly underway. Until then, it's Arrivederci from Brad. Au revoir. And you can stay up to date, actually, with Brad, where he's going streaking this week uh, on his social handles. At... Uh, the six o'clock news tomorrow night. So, um, <laughs> so we so go, we go. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, is tradition. <laughs> you can also follow Eurosport on Twitter and Instagram at Eurosport underscore UK, and you can find us on Facebook. Many thanks to Adam Blythe for Good joining cheers, us. Adam. You must thanks come in again once again. Yeah, yeah cheers, if you can bear it, come in again. And finally, from me, Graham Wilgos, it's goodbye. We'll see you again for the Giro in a few weeks' time. The Bradley Wiggins Show is a Muddy Knees Media production for Eurosport. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.